Hello, and welcome to Dartmouth. This is a podcast where we explore some of the strange, peculiar, and often darker stories that surround the histories of Chibuktuk in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. My name is Jess, and in this episode, Joanne and Shannon discuss attempted robbery. All right. Um, Hello, my name is Shannon Baxter, and I am the collections manager here at the Dartmouth Heritage Museum. And today, I'm going to be talking about the attempted robbery of John Prescott Mott. So, firstly, who was John Prescott Mott? He was a businessman here in Dartmouth. He started a chocolate factory in 1844, which was along the coast of the Dartmouth Cove. And he produced chocolate bars, hot cocoa. He also uh, sold spices and actually also continued on to include a candle making and soap making part of the factory. And it was a very lucrative business for him. And he ended up being one of the most wealthiest men in Nova Scotia. Um, So much so that it incited a a case of blackmail. So... um, It started on January 21st, 1888. An unsigned penciled letter postmarked from Halifax was sent to John Mott demanding $600 in gold. And if he ignored the demand or went to the police, he would be shot. So just to give you perspective, like how much roughly $600 would be today, uh, that's like an estimated like over $18,000, essentially. So quite a lot of money. So what did Mr. John uh, Prescott Mott do? So um, the letter continued that it had to be placed behind the door of the smoking room on the 8 o'clock ferry the following Monday evening of this letter. So John Mott did follow the instructions, other for two exceptions. He did notify the police, and instead of gold coins, he replaced them with copper coins. So clearly the man felt that he was like, well round enough, like, I can get away with this and I'm not going to get shot. So quite bold of him. So um, what happened next is he continued on with this plan. He boarded the ferry to Halifax at the appointed time. And apparently he was followed shortly by a well-dressed young man. And on the ferry, there was a man slumped near the back, seemingly drunk. Maude placed the money in the designated location and left the ferry on the Halifax side. The young man also left, only to board again for the return trip to Dartmouth. Again, he made to look as if to leave, but then quickly went back to the hiding place to the money and retrieve it. That was when the drunk, actually a police officer, sprang up and grabbed him. The young man ended up being a sailor, and since the letter could not be connected to him, he was acquitted of all charges. So that's sort of the end of the story there, but still it's just so dramatic of like this whole... I can only imagine how the other people felt on the ferry to see all this go down, uh, especially if the tussle when the guy tried to leave with the bag of money. So, And I'm assuming, depending on what their value was, the coins were returned back to Mr. Mott. So, um, again, to just give more of a context for the wealth of John Mott, 
By the time he passed away, his estate was valued at the time at roughly uh, $757,785, which is a little over $23 million today. And uh, he did bequeath a lot of his estate both to his wife, who uh, was still alive at the time of his death, but he also donated to quite a few other um, institutes within the HRM area, so to Dalhousie University and to various orphanage, orphanages and institutes for supporting the blind and the deaf. And anyway, so despite being a very wealthy man, he was also, at least when it, by the time of his death, he was generous and tried to make sure to distribute it to those in need. So, yeah, that is the story of the blackmailing and attempted robbery of John Prescott Mott. That was a very interesting story, and I didn't know that story. Um, What kind of strikes me is the trust that the would-be robber or whatever you would call it had in the postal service to get that letter there and to know that it would get there, that the money would be there the following Monday. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of trust in the local postal service. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And just John Mott being like, yeah, no, I'm just going to call the cops. This is (laughs) whatever. (laughs) The man had the confidence being like, I'm not going to get shot on a Monday. (laughs) Right. No, this is not going to how, that's not how I die. Yes, exactly. It's not how I'm going down. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's, and the cliche of the um, undercover cop yeah. being the drunken fairy passenger. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how true that is, but I'm sure it makes for a great story. Exactly. And, and we do know the stories get quite embellished over the years. Yeah. I think that what some people might find interesting, too, is the fact that there was a smoking room in the yes. ferry. That always caught my attention. In fact, some people might not know that for quite a while the fairies were like the scene arrangements were separated by gender so there was a the man's side of the fairy and the lady's side of the fairy and of like, course it was right so it's like oh you can't just go over to the man's side of the fairy that you can't sit and chat with the boys and so I, I, i'm curious to know whether there was also a smoking compartment on the lady's side or it's like no that's too improper you can't have a smoke that is that. a very good question because automatically that narrows down your suspects right there if it's yeah. a smoking room and it's men's only well it's clearly not a woman who yeah. is attempting to um you know blackmail you yeah um and also a uh, fun fact about the fairies like i think at this time also they were had a lot of room for carriages and later vehicles. So again, sort of, it would be a tight space, I would imagine. Right. About just sort of yeah, fairies were there. a lot different in those days than they are today. It's, yeah. It's hard for us to remember that there were no bridges across the harbor at that time. The fairies were transporting horse and carriages mm-hmm. and people passengers too. Yeah. So you know, you're sharing your space with a lot of things. You are so. Quite an interesting spot to choose for a uh, drop-off I guess it's point. logical, too, yeah. because it is quite crowded. A lot uh-huh. of people coming and going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too bad he was duped. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so, I'm always intrigued by the interconnective 
stories about uh, Nova Scotia in general mm-hmm. because of John Prescott Mott's connection to, of course, the Annapolis Valley Prescott family with Prescott House. Uh, it's just little things like that that kind of make our history into more of a web instead of just individual little stories. They all connect. So uh, thank you for listening in to our podcast here and about the story of John Prescott Mott and his would-be blackmailer. And we hope that you will uh, tune in for another uh, Dartmouth story.